position. Affirmative. Negative. I am the milkman. My milk is delicious. Roger that. Okay, let's go. Welcome to the Best Linux Games Podcast. Go, go, go! The best Linux games, the best games available for the uh, GNU slash Linux operating system via the mechanism and distribution network known as Steam, brought to you by Valve. After 700,000 years, the Steam has come to Linux, and beyond that, it has come to Linux in the form of the egalitarian Linux-like platform, Steam, an open marketplace in which everyone, total meritocracy, everyone, regardless of size, amount of money, regardless of amount of developers, and prospective sales, that's right, ladies and gentlemen, it's Saturday, and that means it's time for one thing. It's time for the podcast where the quality goes in before the name goes on. You're listening to the Best Linux Games Podcast, a companion piece to the uh, Steam group of the same name. Find us on Steam, you know. Uh, join us on Steam and friend me on Steam. My name is Scooky Sprite. I am your host. In case this is your first time here, uh, the ground rules for everything that we do are very simple. We have news. We have the latest titles that we are interested in. Of course, features, you know, like kind of in-depth looks or reviews. And then we have, of course, everyone's favorite, the deals. Uh, the best games that you can buy for as cheap as possible. If you join us on the group, our recommendations are curated with the sole criteria of It must run on Linux, and it must be really good. These are recommendations only, of course. Uh, not complete reviews, which generally will follow, um, especially once they get some other mofos on this show. And as always, the content that awaits you ahead may not be appropriate for members of all species, races, genders, classes, creeds, and especially might not be age or work appropriate. So, it begins. Let's get the Linux gaming on, bitches! Hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome to episode number 368 of the Best Linux Games Podcast. Being recorded for you on this uh, Saturday, the 13th of November, 2021 at 19.25 p.m. Pacific Coast, left coast, coast with the most. Crack engineer Ivor Molina, Wapow, over there in the booth, holding up the whiskey sign. Mmm. That's good whiskey, Ivor. You're fired. Um, we have a short, hopefully a short show. Isn't that right, Ivor? Notice how I did not yell at Ivor. Is that not correct, Ivor? You should be packing up your desks. Both of them. I know you keep a secret secret homeless desk. Yeah, I know. I've seen what's in that desk, Ivor. And you were fired. So pack up your desks. But notice how I did not yell at Ivor. Don't cry. Anyway. Straight to our top stories this week. I'm losing my voice, so this is going to have to be a shorter than usual episode. And it's kind of just a what I'm playing episode anyway. So I'm going to try not to get excited. And I'm going to try not to talk too much, which is like asking Donald Trump not to lie. Don't talk too much, Seth. Hey, DJT, it'd be great if during your congressional testimony <coughs> you didn't fucking lie. I've never lied. That would be his first lie. Um. Anyway, so in our top stories, this is like I said, it's going to be a what I'm playing episode. We'll have the feature bumper and everything, but it's going to we're going to try to keep things light, short, unemotional, and pretty superficial because I get excited very easily and I'm drinking herbal tea with fucking honey in it and I just found out that the trip I booked to Hawaii three months from now there's no place to stay in Hawaii 
so I'm kind of yeah, but uh, I didn't lose my voice from like <coughs> profound illness or anything. Just from chain smoking and yelling constantly for like five days. Uh, so yeah, so there's nothing to worry about in terms of my health, but it my voice is like literally on the voice of completely going out. So in our top stories, the biggest news of this last week was an email that went out to uh, those of us who sent $5 to Valve uh, to pre-reserve or whatever uh, Steam Deck, their handheld, which is still, you know, a fictional piece of horror. I mean, sure, yeah, there have been videos of people playing them, but it's as expected, it has been delayed by two months. It will not be seeing a Christmas release, which, as I told a friend of the show, BPR, in chat, whose name will come up one other time uh, a little bit later, um, I was like, dude, yeah, I got that same email. Um, Normally, I would say that it sucks and is like a portent of certain doom, but I would rather see them delay it for a year and a half, even, if that's what it took for them to get it right. And I would even, um, yeah. And that's how I feel about most releases of software, but this is this is too important for them to fuck up and it means too much for Linux for them to fuck it up because this will be like a this will be a huge thing if they do this right and uh, if they iron out as many of one of the reasons I imagine there's two reasons probably for the delay, three reasons four reasons, COVID, supply chain, that's one and two uh, but actually those are three and four because the real one and two are arrangements with major game publishers that have not been ironed out to where they actually fucking work even on Linux at all to say nothing of the Steam Deck and two, hardware considerations that are not panning out as planned and then a sub category of that would be quality assurance concerns and considerations as whatever prototype versions they've used that they've you know produced have broken uh during use in one way or another or been you know and design wise engineering wise might need some retooling those are all blind suppositions on my part but they are always minus the covid and the supply chain crunch things um the things that delay all things technological throughout all of human history if you've been on this merry-go-round before then you know that i will believe it when i see it i'm still very pleased to have I think it's a good way that they've decided to roll it out with like the we can um you know that one that those three weeks or whatever where they're like yeah you can pay five dollars to reserve a slot and then you know we'll see I thought that was kind of cool probably gave them a huge boost and gave them a little bit of legitimacy and it's not so much money that like if you really expected them to complete that promise that like it, the whole fucking thing's coming out in time for Christmas Ivor can you describe my facial expression right now to the listeners at home yeah it was a combination of like shock disappointment and repulsion revulsion you know looking at anyone who really actually thought that this was coming out by Christmas um, I'm sure that there are some nitwits who will be very upset that the Steam Deck is not coming out by Christmas well guess what I can't sing but I say that's life that's life that's what all the people say get used to it motherfucker it's called technology it don't run in a straight line every day so anyway, 
Steam Deck is delayed for two months. We'll not see a holiday release. And like I said, I'm personally okay with that. And I thought that the way they communicated that to people who had um, pre-ordered or whatever, and, and that's the other cool thing. Instead of having to pre-order it, I mean, like everyone would be furious if they had to spend half of, you know, well, I, I don't know about half, but like for me, it'd be a lot of money. And I, I don't have a girlfriend or a wife or family or kids. But, you know, every Christmas, I still spend a lot of fucking money on gifts with people. And, like, the Steam Deck, I think it was, like, 500 bucks for, like, the one with anywhere near reasonable amount of storage. I can't even remember. It's best long. But if we had to pay half of that, like, if we had to pay 250 bucks, and that was, like, remained in escrow while they delayed it for another two, everyone would be absolutely apoplectically furious, and rightly so. But instead of doing it that way, they did it where you just had to pay five bucks and it's like it's almost like a chit, it's almost like a token it's like you got you got a little bit of skin in the game it means that you're serious, they can check your credit report, they can put the FBI on your asshole and then they can uh, you know do a deep fake of you fucking little girls from the neighborhood just like your wife had been instructed to, and then they destroy your life. And then, after they've destroyed your life, as you're going to the gas chamber, one representative from Steam will be there, and guess what? He will be dressed in a blue suit, and he'll say, well, Mr. Steam Deck user, looks as if our plan has worked perfectly. Goodbye. And then you won't have to play Half-Life 3 which is coming out evidently the same week. And now for a brief aside, a very brief aside, Half-Life 1 ended on a cliffhanger that was magnificent. They kept me waiting for 15 fucking years or more for a sequel. Then they made a sequel that blew my mind, but they didn't bother to create an ending for it. And they treated me like a little bitch, like a little idiot bitch who would take that and then adoringly lap up whatever else they had to, you know, just fucking push down my snorkel like some sort of little consumerist tool and and I will tell you this I swore after beating Half-Life 2 three or four times that I would never buy another fucking game from Valve ever again the only reason that we ever covered even Half-Life Alex was it came for free because I reserved my my Valve Index in advance. And, yeah. And guess what? That game sucks. In my opinion, that game is absolute nasty trash. At least when I played it, I didn't want to play it. But it it was buggy, nasty trash. Which was a shocker, because I didn't expect it to be so buggy. But I did expect it to be nasty trash and God knows I would not want to wait around and see what fucked up, shitty cliffhanger ending they decide to not even write in after fucking a whole lifetime of playing their shitty fucking franchise. Fuck you Valve. I mean I love Valve and I love Steam, but fuck you Valve. Fuck you Half-Life team. Maybe one day you'll make a game. See, a game has a beginning, a middle, and an end. And if you're a lazy fucking piece of shit developer, you don't put the end on. And in fact, if you're Hideo Kojima, pre-Metal Gear Solid 5 The Phantom Pain, you just end it however the fuck you want. You can end it with like a massive fucking twist that makes no fucking sense, because you got no way to end the game, and you guys are out of money, and it's time to hit the street date. So fuck you, Valve. That's them in terms of game development. Of hardware, I love my Steam controllers. I wish they had not abandoned the Steam Link, which they have now ported to like a phone fucking thing, which doesn't make any sense. But the Steam Deck has real potential and fills a market need that I have anticipated for a long time. That I've been actually, I was, you know, if I if I had the skills and the expertise to do it, I would have come up with better. Um forebear proxies to the Steam Deck than the ones that I've 
done both in real life and on paper none of which have been anywhere near as good as the ability to leverage your commercial influence across you know an international supply chain probably comprised of 20 main vendors that are irreplaceable you know everything from lithium everything from the battery technology to the display technology to the storage which i guess might be just micro sd or whatever some form of that um all the way through to the you know someone has to design all this shit someone has to put the circuit boards together on paper you know what kind of processors you know blah blah, blah. i don't i never had that capability and the big thing for me always was the battery if you want a screen that's built in, the battery, and you want to be able to like play it without having to plug it into a wall, the battery was always a big thing. But anyway, that's me and Steam Deck. So I hope they get it right. Also, I think that this announcement of the delay may have accounted for or been reflected in the sheer jankiness that has been going on inside of all my pre-existing games and my Steam client since that announcement ba- it, there, you know, coincidence doesn't equal correlation like, you know, the fact that one thing happens after the other doesn't mean that one thing caused the other or that the two are even intrinsically linked, that it could be just simple coincidence which I'm perfectly willing to accept but uh, previously existing and functional games in my Steam library post that announcement and post like a flurry of weird updates that like were like back and forth like last weekend if I remember correctly I'm I don't know I've spent this entire week getting really trashed and working insanely hard actually um and four out of the five days I've been beyond high for significant portion I've not been sleeping so it's been good it's been good. It's been actually very productive, but has resulted in me blowing out my fucking voice. But I think that if you too have been experiencing difficulties, especially with your controller and stuff, like if you use I don't know. All of a sudden all games that like we're running fine and stuff and my client two weeks ago no longer recognized my controller blah 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 and this has been uniform across my Steam library I don't know if I changed something or if one of the updates they pushed janked something but what I have to do now to get my my Steam controller not my Steam my controller to be recognized by Steam and subsequently by the game that I'm trying to launch, whether it's a wine game or not, is to go to its properties and go to controller, which thankfully does not open up the big picture mode anymore. And I have to disable Steam input on that game. And then it will recognize the controller. This has to be done individually for every single fucking game in my library, but that's okay because you don't play all your games all at once and as you go through them, blah. But it was very frustrating the night that I realized this when I was trying to live stream stuff in time-sensitive conditions, and I was like, wow, they they just fucking broke all of this, and they? they just did not give a fuck. They just broke it, which is okay. Breakage comes with the territory, but I imagine it might have been at least in some way, I would have to and I would have to imagine and hope that it's true that such cascading dysfunctions that cripple every single fucking game in your existing customer base's library on the operating system which you yourself have, you know, adopted as your you know, blah that there was a reason for that and I would imagine that the reason for that is at least in some way due to the Steam Deck being partially delayed or being delayed by two months the release, trust me, it'll be an extra two months after that and there will be supply chain issues it will be about eight months because just I'm just factoring in the supply chain stuff the chip shortages 
the fact that like the United States is about to descend into civil war and chaos um, in under 12 months that's crazy that's crazy but it's true midterms are in under 12 months now so anyway that's how you fix that though you disable you go to a controller and then you, you go to properties let's see let's do it right now let's do it together shall we oh now my steam is frozen this is amazing okay skb kill steam kill all steam yo steam wow that's amazing that was like talk about proving a point also the only game that we're going to talk about this week uh, I think let me look at the I didn't finish the actual rundown because I was relying on Ivor to do it which is why he's fired um, here we go. So to fix, like, for instance, we'll talk about this game a little bit later on the show, hopefully not too much later, because my voice is rapidly fade- fading. Game like Ghouls and Ghosts, Ghouls, Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection. You go to prop, you right-click on it, you go to properties, you go to controller, and then there's a drop-down menu above where it says Steam Input Status, there's a drop-down menu that says Override, and you have to go to Disable Steam Input. And normally I wouldn't give, like, such specific non-hardware, you know, oh, if you have this, but I have no way of knowing. And the fact that this has occurred to every one of my games that uses a controller, kind of, in, and the fact that I use a generic Xbox One slash Xbox 360 controller... Um, that's wired Indi- and the fact that it's like across every game in my library indicates that probably other people are having this difficulty and may or may not have already come to the solution I hope you have because it was like on Monday or Tuesday but for those of you who are new there you go now the only game that we're going to cover this week that we're even going to mention that is broken is the much-anticipated Forza Horizon Horizon 5, which came out, I think, on the 8th of this month, so on Monday of this week. It's completely borked. Forza 4 ostensibly works, but it does require more tweaking than I'm willing to put up with to pay for a game that is not the flagship game of the franchise now that a sequel has been released and everyone loves Forza Horizon 5 and we can't play it so once again, I'll believe it when I see it I, you know, we have many things to be thankful for in terms of Linux like, I mean, do not mistake my tone ever in this podcast we're called the Best Linux Games Podcast not because we need to fucking beg for the best games but sometimes the best games are just outside of our reach. And that is a game that, well, I, at least I was very much anticipating. Which brings us to our single deal of this week. And this is a good deal. Right now, there's a Prince of Persia bundle that lasts, I think, all the games in it. It's for all the games in the Prince of Persia franchise plus. One, it doesn't include the originals. Includes Prince of Persia, which I don't know what that means. Oh, Prince of Persia was the one that they released after they after they finished the excellent Sands of Time. Prince of Persia is a shitty game, so ignore that one. But right now, you can get one, two, three, four. Five Prince of Persia games as a bundle. These this includes the entire Sands of Time trilogy. Sands of Time 
my personal favorite warrior within the second one in the trilogy the two thrones and the forgotten sands which was a game that i forgot so it's it's a it's a not uh tetralogy yeah cuz a quintology would be five tetralogy. You can get them all as a bundle or actually individually at 80% off. All of these are like really marked down because they're old games, but Prince of Persia Warrior Within is one of my... I know I say this too often, but... Oh man, I'm getting excited and I'm, I want to... I, I want to yell... It ends for you as it has for all those who have come before. Prince of Persia, Warrior Within, which runs, it does not look as great as you remember it, as I remember it. Um, but all these run on Linux. Well, at least I've checked uh, Warrior Within and Sands of Time. But these are not updated high definition. I don't know why they haven't done that yet. They will probably be doing that sometime next year, I'd imagine. Because now they've marked everything down so hard. Like the normal sale price for each of these titles is only 10 bucks. But now you can get, if you want to get them all, you can get them for $1.99 each. Or for under $10, you can own all five of these. And I tested two of them that worked. They didn't work fantastically well in the sense that they're not like not high definition. Mm. But they are older games and they are exceptional games. Sands of Time. See, I just got excited there and that's when my voice goes. Sands of Time, for instance, most people, it's almost Einsteinian. Sands of Time has, like, the greatest, I'm paraphrasing here from the introduction, but most people think that time runs like a river. But I've seen the face of time, and it is a storm. (laughs) My favorite, though, is still Warrior Within where the prince thought he was okay after undo theoretically undoing the damage that he had done with the dagger of time in the first game and prince of persia warrior within was i don't know may, you know it was the perfect It was for me. It's nothing epitomizes Prince of Persia as much as Warrior Within, because in this game, the prince realizes after being hunted by this thing that is consuming reality behind him for God knows how long. He goes to a uh, a mystic in the desert who tells him that he will die, that he has broken his own and therefore everyone else's timelines and that the empress of time has sent her agent that's why everything that's why you're being hunted has sent her agent the Dahaka to eliminate you and erase this inconsistency that you have caused because you should have died so many times in the now that is a great premise. You should have died so many times in the first game. <laughs> and we made a sequel and now you're being hunted. You're not like you, you the, and I see I'm getting excited. The ending of the first game I won't tell you any details, but you would think that it was a happy ending. It's a perfect game. Prince of Persia The Sands of Time was the reboot after the absolutely horrible abomination Prince of Persia 3D which came out over a decade I think a decade before 
and was the worst way to end one of the greatest and most influential series. I thought that was it. There was no, there were never going to be any, there were never going to be any more Prince of Persia games after Prince of Persia 3D. It was such a disaster. It was a financial disaster. It was a terrible game and it was a financial disaster. And then the years rolled by. And just when I had forgotten, and I happened to be a games journalist for for real outlets and stuff when, like, I mean, you know, when when it's in print, it's in print. Um, it's a different thing. Uh, when I got to review Prince of Persia, Sands of Time. And I got to review Prince of Persia, Warrior Within. I think I reviewed Sands of Time because it was on discount. And then Warrior Within was like right in my wheelhouse for... When did this come out? Anyway, I'm babbling and we're getting off track. But Prince of Persia, Warrior Within. So not only does he... the, The first game ends on a happy note. You feel like it was so awesome if you were a fan of the franchise before this game came out you had been so disappointed and crushed really your expectations for anything in the future have been crushed by the horrible failure that was Prince of Persia 3D and so they came out with Prince of Persia The Sands of Time and not only was it a good game it was like the best game of the year and not only was it the best, like, one of the best games of the year, I would say it was the best game of the year. It was one of the best adventure games ever made. Action-adventure games ever made. And one of the best role-playing games ever made. One of the best story games ever made. One of the most graphically complicated games ever made. In terms of animation and rigging, one of the most complicated and most spectacular games ever made. Environments. Unbelievable. Some of the best ever made up till that point. And so the game ends on a happy, happy note. But then, <laughs> years later, Prince of Persia, Warrior Within, you are the prince. You are a much, a much less happy prince. <laughs> you are like the veteran prince you have seen and done things that you wish you could unsee and never remember and you've you've experienced things that you know no one else has and there's this thing that's coming to kill you and it is constant and so you find out from this seer that this blind seer oh yes He's there. You go to him to read your fortune, and like you, you are a hunted madman by this thing called the Dahaka. And what is the so that's really awesome. But what's the prince's response? And this is just the opening to the game. Well, instead of going, you know, I guess I have to die or I'm going to fight the Dahaka and die trying, or I'll keep running. No, the prince decides to go to the island of time, where the sands of time that originally produced the dagger were created by the empress of time. And he will interrupt the process of the creation of the dagger, and therefore undo her ability to summon the Dahaka. It's a real fucking your own grandfather mindfuck, but that's so badass. Like, oh, I have an incontrovertible destiny even though I've cheated fate so many times. I mean, I have died and come back so many times. That's just kind of the... I mean, that makes you just... Ooh! 
and he's more deadly in the second game than in it. I mean, he can dual wield. The, the, the combat is a freeform combat system that was very, very innovative for its time. And, uh, I mean, I really hope that they put out a high definition remastered version of it. Make, just do, put all the tweaks in. Cause this game, nothing needs to be changed in that game. Ever. It just needs, you know, all the textures redone and all the rigging and animation redone. A little bit. But nothing else needs to be changed. Uh, yeah. So anyway, you can get the entirety of the Prince of Persia Tetralogy plus the Prince of Persia Reboot Reboot which I beat on Xbox 360, I want to say, and I did not like. <coughs> but it was kind of interesting. It was like a oversimplified version of Prince of Persia. Like Prince of Persia for simple people with lots of fucking locked doors and jump boot kind of mechanics. Prince of Persia Warrior Within is by far my favorite of all of them. And then I don't remember the Two Thrones, and I do not remember the Forgotten Sands, but I remember them being both very similar. So yeah, all of these through November 17th. I'm pretty sure. It doesn't show me what the bundle says. And it won't show me the price for the bundle anymore, because I bought the bundle. Mr. Bundle. It's 10 bucks for me. I think you can buy individually any of these titles. Now through the 17th at $2 a pop. Each one of these is easily a 20 20 hour game. Now I have the hiccups from so carefully sipping this fucking herbal honey tea which tastes like ass. Ivor, come here and lick my butthole. Oh, yeah, zombie tongue on my butthole. See, I got excited there. Zombie tongue on my butthole. Oh, great. Okay, now here. Open, open, open. I'm going to pour some of this tea in your mouth. Oh, you need a palate cleanser? Okay, here. Here's some whiskey. Swallow. swallow. Good, 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 Ivor. All right, now. Here's some tea. Which tasted more like ass? My butthole or the tea? Exactly. So I'm, I've been sipping on my butthole flavored butthole juice, which is disgusting. And it's the magic of it is slowly wearing off. Let's get to our feature. So that's our deal for this week. Our feature is just a simple what I'm playing. And I'm rapidly losing my voice, so we're going to make it very fast. I I apologize. I can't control these sorts of things. These are the vicissitudes of life. You do a podcast every week, you gotta gotta do it every week. Here we go. Oh my god. It's Bolivians. Never gonna let you down. I can read your mind. This week's feature. I can't read you. I can't read you. I can read your mind. Take it, Kooky. So, our feature this week, as I mentioned, is a what I'm playing episode, more or less. Just a bunch of games that I'm playing currently that are either new or noteworthy for some reason. First off, first of all, them um, is that I that really leaps to my mind is Cloudpunk, which is a game that I really wanted to like when it first came out, but it didn't run on Linux. It had like a memory leak that made the game grow persistently and exponentially slower over the course of the first ten minutes until like the game was app not just unplayable, you know. But it was so compelling because it's like. Cloudpunk is a uh, a 3D kind of uh, far-flung futuristic role-playing game, but it's all 
told basically from the interior perspective of your character who's this girl moves to this giant fucking city and signs up with the illegal cyber delivery service covert cyber delivery service known as Cloudpunk. We make the deliveries that no one else can make and we make them on time. It has great voice acting but most striking is the visual uh, the, the the approach to the, to the visual design of the game because it's like Minecraft it's a very voxely Lego slash Minecraft esque fully rendered 3D world and you can get out of the cab you can park your cab and get out and do meet other characters and stuff but it's not it's a real go here do this kind of game but it has so much good voice acting and your character is so interesting and its vision of the future is as compelling as the ascent and I would say that the ascent that's the name of another game that was a top down twin stick shooter that came out this year which I really liked I thought it was too short but it was so detailed I would say at the Ascent's uh, cyberpunk aesthetic was better as good or better than cyberpunk 2077's aesthetic cloudpunk is I've only played it for like three hours, but it's it's right there with this crazy, beautiful voxel stuff, and like you learn all about like the systems that you know rule traffic in the world and etc. I know that doesn't sound exciting, but it's it's also pretty challenging because it has a unique control system that when you're stoned, it becomes very confusing to drive. But anyway, I like it a lot. And I could not get it to run for the longest time. And then I rebought it when it was on sale. Uh, and now I don't even have to run it with a compatibility layer at all. So that's Cloudpunk. Up next, because like a lot of these are driving games, actually. I'm realizing that because I was so looking forward to or hoping for Forza. Four to either go on sale right as five was released on the eighth, or for Forza Five, Forza Horizon Five to be working on Linux like from day one, which would be nice. Other companies can do that. I don't know why some cannot. I know why some cannot. They choose not to, and they do so out of spite and malice. Literally, like, hey, Tim Sweeney, fuck yourself. Um. Uh, like literally we'd have to I would tell him to shove his head up his own ass but it's already there and I don't want to remove it because I'm sure he's enjoying the smell like I'm about to enjoy some of my tea, my butthole tea how delicious that's right I have more whiskey oh yes and that would of course make oh shit I'm getting excited (coughs) I would make it, of course, for our sequel friends. Twenty, I know this is like a little late in the show. Twenty twenty one, eleven thirteen, uh, twenty oh five. At this point, more whiskey. Mmm. So that was Cloudpunk. Up next is a game that I can't believe that I missed so thoroughly. I think it's because it didn't ever run on Linux, but I might not be right about that. I might have just missed it because of its terrible name. It's called Beam that would be Bravo, Echo, Alpha, Mike, NG, as in November Golf, Dot, Drive, as in uh, Delta... Romeo, India, uh, fuck, I always, I can never remember all the NATO phonetic. V, Victor, Victor Echo, D R I V E. 
all one word, bmng.drive. This is a huge sandbox game that has an unbelievable physics engine, but it's really the sheer amount of... So, what, what this game is, is like they basically created this engine, this amazing physics engine that accounts for every component inside of any vehicle. We're talking like individual pistons inside of an engine, individual every individual component of what makes up a shock like, you know, like shocks and struts every individual component of what, like we're talking about down to the bolts, talking about down to the way that the hood latches and it's a racing game it's a simulator though more than anything and what I like to do is just load up a bunch of cars and crash them all as fast as possible there's some it does have a learning curve to it though because it is a game that is basically built off of all of these years of people modding it and stuff And there are some things that I think should be in it that aren't like um, the ability to easily toggle when to do like the replay system is just shitty. And I think that might account it might account for my lack of I've only played it for 30 minutes. But I did bother to get it to run. BMG does run now. Um I think I remember trying to run it before, and it's still in early access. I got to run this time by uh, getting it again. I think it was like 30 bucks. Price doesn't matter. This is just what I'm playing. These are not reviews. BMNG.drive I'm looking. Oh, man. Recent reviews overwhelmingly positive, three thousand three hundred twenty. Over uh, all reviews overwhelmingly positive, eighty six thousand four hundred eighty four. Came out May 29th, twenty fifteen. It's an early access game. It's twenty five bucks. There is so much shit though. Like they took a modular approach to this entire thing after they did the physics engine, and they've spent the last seven years basically just incorporating all this stuff from the community so the game isn't the game can be almost anything that you want it to be it's kind of like Gary's Mod in that sense but this is like way more complicated than Gary's Mod however it is relatively easy if you spend 30 minutes to pick up and play and crash some shit and see some spectacular damage and it's not just cosmetically spectacular it is actual physics based mechanics based damage and you can tune every aspect of every car in the game and you can make your own it comes with a fucking map builder inside of it it's for 25 bucks it's amazing it's not the most gorgeous game anymore by the time they fucking perfect it, it will probably look like absolute shit, which will be long after humanity has died. That'll be in like 2025 or 6. So yeah, it'll come out on 2027 New Year's Eve, and uh, we'll all be dead, and it will look like shit, and none of us will be disappointed. Same way as Seven Days to Die has been in alpha for its entire existence they need to stop developing that game abandon it they've made their millions of dollars they need to make the sequel now and that's kind of my feeling with bmng.drive but trust me they won't not with bmng.drive it's way more complicated than 7 days to die but they need to anyway they need to take what they have learned especially in terms of procedural generation and stuff like that. I'm talking about Seven Days to Die now, again, because I haven't gone on this rant in a long time. Now, this is not the day to do it. They need to fucking bite the bullet and say that whatever their last release for the first game is 
out of alpha and out of early access. Trust me, everyone's gotten their money's worth out of that game. They need to redo the engine. They need to pick a new engine is what they need to do. And if they can't do it, they need to fucking hire someone or a team of people to pick a new engine. I would imagine Unity would be perfectly satisfactory for it. Um, And then add a real fucking admin add like you know fucking Minecraft goddamn terminal shit with support for logging like discrete I mean the, the whole seven days to die is just a fucking mess from a back end perspective like it is trust me I've run servers for it I have made mods for it it is a steaming pile of shit it's extensible to the end user but it's impossible It's impossible to overcome the like seven years of hacks that have had to go in development hacks that have had to go into modding frameworks that enable certain essential functionality that any other mature game would be embarrassed not to have. But anyway, that's seven days to die, and we're not talking about that. We're talking about beamng.drive. So that's kind of like beamng.drive. It'll look like shit when it's finished because they spent nine years making the game. But then maybe they can make a sequel with using the same principles and everything that they learned and the data types and everything that they created, but with better graphics. Uh, and then it will be great. It looks really good right now, by the way. That's don't don't mistake me. I'm not saying BMNG looks like shit. BMNG looks pretty fucking good. And for a full functioning physics engine that's like this, it's impressive. And it's not just the engine, because like you can do whatever the fuck you want with cars in this game. It's I'm not going to continue to talk about when I can't speak about it more intelligently than what I've just just said. Um, also, this week I I, I gifted a friend of the show, uh, Bla- BPR Blaster PR. Um, let's see if this game is still on sale. Yes, it is. Oh, shit. Ah, I got excited. This game is called Out Buddies DX. Check the show blurb for a link to buy it. It is 80% off now through November 17th at $3.59. That's down from 18 bucks. So it's 4 bucks. So it's less than the price of a pack of cigarettes. And I thought it was going to suck, but I was really drunk and stoned, like on Monday or whenever the fuck I saw it, it was on sale. And I bought it, and I played it for a minute, and I was like, holy fuck, this game is actually really, 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 really good. It's like Nova Drift, it's, um... Imagine if you had Metroid... And it it, it, it it borrows heavily from Metroid, just like in visual style and stuff. This is a pixel trash kind of game, but it's not necessarily pixel trash so much as it is like uh, borrows a lot from retro game visuals. Um, came out October 15, 2019, but this is a side-scrolling puzzle plat- Metroidvania, I hate using that word, but, you know, puzzle platformer adventure exploration game side scrolling it's very similar to Axiom Verge to Moa Stray Moa Stray is one of my favorite games that I need to go back and fucking beat by the way um which is thing Metroid where you're like trapped under the sea and you have instead of like in Metroid where you're completely alone and just like you know, relying entirely on yourself. Imagine if you had a little friend, like a nanorobot that could self-assemble itself and then do things for you that you could control remotely. And then it could go away. And then it could come back. This means that the game, it's designed for both single and multiplayer which is really, really cool. It has, um... I think it has Steam Remote Let's Play together. But 
this game is really great. And I was afraid that BPR, who really likes Metroid and old school side scrolling hardcore shooter, you know, side scrolling platformers and shooters. I mean, his name's Blaster, because he's Master Blaster. Um, I didn't want to, I didn't know that it, it would be on sale until November 17th. I should probably just should have sent him a fucking note and said, go buy this yourself. But right now, it's $3.59, 80% off through November 17th. It's, how long have I, I only spent like 30 minutes. I wanted to know if it was good. I mean, it ma- instantly, I was like, oh, this game is good. Like, you know, you can tell like when like the controls are really good, really tight. And like, you know, the visuals are, are, um, are of a quality commensurate with, you know, whatever you regard as being acceptable or whatever. But it is such, it's the same way like when I first played, uh, you super win the game. You know, blah. Like I knew in the first second, oh, uh, this game's good. Don't miss it. A what? Anyway, Mark Hamill, the host, Thunderful World Digital Showcase on November tenth. That was three days ago. I don't know what that means. Anyway, I'm losing my mind. But that is Out Buddies DX a game under the sea. Under the sea, you can get what the down ways that are take it from me. And then, um, finally, we'll get out of here in just under an hour. Finally, just as a note, this fuck. This game does not exactly work perfectly, but I didn't even know that it was released until this week. It came out May 31st, 2021. Ghosts and Goblins Resurrection. If you remember, oh, the horror of Ghosts and Goblins, Ghouls and Ghosts in the arcade, this is a complete remastering of all those games with a repackaged whole fucking magic system and like role playing game elements added into it it doesn't completely work I haven't tried to add any media format, oh my voice is going any media format fixes or anything like that but it's 33% off now through November 19th at $20.09 and the thing about this game it's like I said it ties together all of the other games with like a central role playing game aspect like you can level up you can get magic spells and shit at least it seems that way and the actual game itself like the gameplay is fully updated but very faithful to it's exactly faithful to the original I kind of like the original better in a lot of ways. Original, all three of them. I think, yeah, there are three of them, right? Anyway, it doesn't matter. Um, but there's no the cinemas will not play. They they show up as the the test pattern bars. And with that, I gotta get the fuck out of here. I gotta stop this podcast because I'm out of voice. But another weekend, another week, another week complete. Now I can throw out the herbal fucking tea and get back to the whiskey. Alright, I hope that you could hear all of that. And cheers, thanks for listening. Definitely check out cloudpunkbmng.drive uh, OutBuddiesDX and uh, the Prince of Persia bundle or if you have specific fetishes in that regard individual stuff next week barring anything unexpected we will have our like semi-annual porno roundup been playing a lot of porno games this week in preparation for including like several that were really disturbing which I enjoyed immensely more disturbing the more immensely they are enjoyed see I just got excited there again anyway um 
Not because like I enjoy disturbing Boro, although in you know, uh, well, I guess I well, it depends on <laughs> it depends on how weird you are. But I enjoy any time that uh, games get more perverse. I think it's a good indicator of a healthy market when there are games like, for instance, here's a sneak peek, Castle in the Clouds, which is like Castlevania, but you have enormous tits. It's like a side-scrolling platformer. You have a whip and stuff, but you blow and fuck everyone you meet. More or less. Not everyone you meet. It's more like a role-playing game. It's more like Castlevania 2. Anyway, I'm out of here. Catch you next week. Hopefully I'll have my voice back. Thanks for listening. Bye-bye. There is no Windows version of weaponized chess. Boy, this is fucking ponderous, man. Ponderous. Fucking ponderous. It only runs on Linux. It's not a problem. You alienated part of America. I alienated crazy people. I like it very much. It is I, E.B. Farm. You're becoming hysterical. I'm here. I'm there. I'm fucking everywhere. I'm the Eggman. Burn everything incriminating, including this building. Burn all the White House pets, and then yourselves. Burn yourselves first. The best Linux games podcast is brought to you by Blue Wizard is about to die. Now available for the first time as an ebook on Amazon.com. To subscribe to the podcast using a Linux-based podcatcher like Podracer, or to see our YouTube gameplay videos, please visit www.bestlinuxgames.com. Also, join our Steam community group, Best Linux Games, Friends Cookie Sprite, and follow him on Twitter at VegasWriter. BLGP is also brought to you by the Radio Control Room Project. For details, please visit www.rcrproject.com or rfihc.com. Zig thanks you. For great justice.